the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. It's an interesting time to be in Tallahassee. Seminoles quarterback Jordan Travis is a Heisman hopeful. Florida State starts the yard ranked number eight in the preseason polls. They open the season against number six, LSU in Orlando, and FSU is currently at odds with its conference, the ACC. Aside from that, eh, it's pretty quiet in the state's capital. In just a moment, Essen Kassam of the Tallahassee Democrat will join me to break down all the aforementioned storylines and much more. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Essen Kassam is the lead Seminoles beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. He and Jack Williams do a great job covering the state's highest-ranked team heading into the 2023 season. Let's bring him in now to find out what's been going on in Tallahassee. Essen, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Good to hear from you. Let's start with Sunday's big game in Orlando between the number eight Seminoles and number six ranked LSU Tigers. Now, last year, FSU, they stunned LSU by blocking an extra point as time expired. And this year, the Seminoles enter the game as a two and a half point underdog on the latest lines I've seen. So, Essen, why should FSU fans expect their team can win this game for a second year in a row? I mean, let's start with um, Jordan Travis. You have arguably the best, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. He's, you know, um, looked even better in spring practices so far. Then he's got better weapons around him. And, you know, Trey Benson's a fully, fully healthy this year coming into the season. Um, Johnny Wilson's a proven, you know, one of the best um, receivers in college. You have a Keon Coleman who's really good. Jaheim Bell is another offensive weapon. The offensive line has goes eight, nine deep, which is, you know, unique in college football. So they can sustain an injury and do pretty well. So the offense is well represent well doing well and has has a lot of talent, a lot of depth. Um and the defense, you know, Jerry Verse is back. Patrick Payton is a guy that I picked in um a, as my team MVP this year in my predictions, as my defensive MVP which means he's overtaking Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, who's another guy who's returning. So there's a ton of talent everywhere on this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we're going to break down some of the defense and offensive positions later, but I want to go to the first person you mentioned, and of course that's Jordan Travis, who comes into the season a Heisman hopeful. Now, from 2021 to 22, they wanted him to work on using his arm more and using his legs less. And boy, did that work, because he more than doubled his passing yards from 1,539 in 2021 to more than 3,200 in 2022. So what are the areas he's been working on in the offseason from 22 into 2023 that we'll see him improved on? Yeah, no, um, he's he's making some beautiful, like in practices, I've been kind of um, amazed by some of the throws he's making, getting, he's been dropping dimes, it's not always been caught, but he's been throwing some beautiful balls, landing them, locating them well. I think that's where um, is I want to see more improvement is the location of the balls. But he's done a great job in that. He's pretty accurate this year. He has a you know his arm is his arm. I don't think he, that's something you can improve too much. But um, his accuracy, his um, consistency, all have all improved. So I think that's a he's taking a step forward in every imaginable way and could be even better than last year. 
All right. Well, if that's uh, the truth and we see, you know, way more than that, of course, he's going to be right there for that Heisman run. Now, we, of course, saw Caleb Williams this past weekend. It wasn't against great competition, but boy, he looked sharp as he tries to defend the Heisman trophy. You've got Jaden Daniels, who will be across the field with LSU. He's another Heisman hopeful. Uh, Michael Penix up there in Washington, who decided to come back to school, didn't have to. So, you know, when you look around the Heisman landscape, do you think Travis can do the things needed to outperform all of those guys? Because, I mean, man, that's some great competition. I, I right I had um I have um Travis as a Heisman finalist, but I had Caleb Williams winning, mostly because I don't think Florida State's competition is good enough that they'd be playing a lot of games into the fourth quarter. Just mean some games that they're gonna be done. They're gonna start their um rest their starters by halftime, so I'm not sure he gets enough playing time to actually get the stats that he needs to get the Heisman. But man, if he could have those Heisman moments like he did against Florida last year, with those two runs where he went down early, but he almost scored on those when they were almost sacked. I think he could probably bring himself in the conversation with those kind of moments. But as of right now, I would not say he's, I'd say he's, he's going to be a contender, but I'd still like Caleb Williams. Yeah. You know, two years ago when I talked about uh, Jordan Travis, you know, no one really thought he was much of an NFL prospect after last year. I think people started to believe, so he's got a lot to prove this year. And he's got the people around him to definitely show he can do it. So let's talk about some of those offensive weapons. You, you named a few of the guys earlier. The Seminoles return their rushing leader, their receiving leader. You know, they've got a lot of great players. So tell us some of those uh, players on offense that, whose names we're going to be hearing a lot. And, of course, tell us some other people who are going to be contributors that, that maybe aren't the, you know, the top running back or the top receiver. Yeah, no, I'll start off with um, Trey Benson. Returns, you know, $990 yards last year. He's the most elusive running back, according to Pro Football Focus, which was ahead of, you know, the number seven pick in B. John Robinson. So he has all the talent. Um, he's back. He looks he's This is his first healthy offseason in college, I believe, because before he transferred from Oregon last year, he was dealing with a knee injury, a really pretty bad knee injury. So he's finally healthy. He's been working on improving his pass catching, and that's been an improvement I've seen in, uh, during practices. Then behind him, you have Lawrence Tuafili, who is one of the best runners on the wheel route I have seen as a running back. It's fun to watch him just run um, run routes on the offense. Uh, he does it much better than most running backs as well as most wide receivers. So he's fun, and obviously he can run between the tackles a little bit. You got um, C.J. Campbell, who's a former walk-on, who's a fun story, who has a chance to make a difference this year. We'll get some carries. Keziah Holmes, a Penn State transfer last year. Has kind of shown off his abilities. Um, he sat out last year, worked the scout team because he transferred in late. But as he's someone that's going to work into the rotation, and has really good speed in the open field, ability make ability to make players miss, and um, he could be someone else who could spell Benson a little bit in the big in a, as a back with that's a little bigger. Then you got the receivers. Johnny Wilson is Johnny Wilson. You know, six seven. You it's hard to teach height and that kind of speed for someone like him. He's a unicorn at wide receiver fun to watch um you know he's working on consistency he dealt with drops last year but overall can be an explosive player as we saw in the oklahoma game where he changed the game with that great catch which is a very difficult catch and then um, you have keon coleman who was i believe first first or second team um bit all big 10 and is a phenomenal talent six foot four maybe a better athlete than um wilson he did a windmill dunk at Norvell's house when he first got here when him and Johnny Wilson were playing basketball. So that would have been a fun game to watch, I think, one-on-one. Wish we could have seen it. Um, then you have 
Jaheim Bell, who was a, you know, uh, switched Army knife at South Carolina. And I'm excited to see him in Norvell's offense since we saw, you know, someone like an Antonio Gibson or Tony Pollard that he got coached up in Memphis. So he could be fun. Destin Hill is real. I know fans were um, wondering about that. He's showed up on campus this year after two years, and he was actually listed as a co-starter with Winston Wright, who's another um, wide receiver to watch. Both have great speed. Winston Wright has um, college experience. He's been a 800-yard receiver in college. He dealt with an injury last year after a very bad car accident, but he's back and healthy. Winston Wright, you know, um, Hakeem Williams is on the made the two deep as of the talented five-star freshman. So it, there's a lot of weapons. Yeah, credit to Norvell for not only building a good team, but also building depth on that team. And of course they're going to be facing one of the, one of the best defenses in the nation. I mean, every year we see how many players from LSU go to the NFL draft. So talk about how LSU is going to approach this game and what they're going to do to try and slow down this offense. Because if you key in on the run, you might get burned by the pass. If you, you know, try and put some extra guys back on the field to stop the passes, then like you said, you're going to get burned by Benson. So just talk about how you think LSU is going to approach this offense. I think LSU is going to play to their strengths of that defensive line. I know you're missing Mason Smith. That's going to be a tough loss, but that defensive line is still really, really good. It has a ton of talent, ton of depth. I think they're going to get after a passer and just make Jordan Travis a runner, which it's kind of funny. You mentioned earlier, that's what they, Jordan Travis might be for this game, particularly less dangerous as a runner than a passer, which is kind of hilarious. If you think about his trajectory. So think they're going to try getting him uncomfortable, getting him out of the pocket a little bit, making see if he could make off-target throws and see what happens. And then, obviously, they'll adjust if Travis is beating him, burning him with that move, with that. All right. Well, you know, FSU's defense, you know, let's look at their defense now, moving on from LSU's. They're going to be among one of the best in the nation there, too. And as you mentioned, there's Jared Verse returning, a bunch of other players. One guy I like who uh, doesn't get mentioned because there's so many good players there is, you know, a guy like Tatum Bethune, who I loved when he was at UCF, and then he played at FSU really well last year. You've got so many guys on this defense. So how are they going to approach this LSU offense, which is obviously, uh, you know, their engine, again, is their Heisman hopeful quarterback, Jaden Daniels. But man, they've got, like at FSU, they've got pieces and parts everywhere. So if you're Mike Norvell, what's your defensive scheme look like? I think it's a, I think first and foremost, you got to make Jaden Daniels a passer. This is the way I would approach it. I think they're going to approach it just because with his legs, he showed what he could do last year in that, in that game last year. He just ran all over the place on Florida State, which helped the, um, them make that massive comeback to almost win the game. So I think you got to keep him in the pocket, make him a passer, and then got to win the one-on-ones with Malik Neighbors. That's as good of a receiver in college football as there is. He's fun to watch, and um, I think while you got, I think the first you got to worry about him secondary, just because I think you got to take out, make take Daniels out of his game. If he starts beating you to arm, then you got to adjust and do um, some other things, and which includes you know attack Malik Neighbors more, press him a little bit, give him some give them some different looks. I think Florida state does have the benefit of seeing like, you know, they're some of this talent at wide receiver at practice every day that their wide receivers may be more ready. And I think um, one person need to be um, talking about is central Cypress, who is a transfer for Virginia second team, all ACC was one of the top corners in the portal last year. And I think he's going to make a big difference as a, as a defensive back on that team. 
Yeah, and you know, Jaden Daniels, he's uh he's one of those guys, like you say, they're they're gonna want to force much more running. He's almost like a receiver back there because he's tall. He's about six three, six four, only weighs about 185 pounds. So uh, you know, a good strong wind might be able to take him down. He's about 30 pounds lighter than Jordan Travis, so they definitely want to do that. So, you know, it, here is the time to uh let let's get prediction time here. Like I had mentioned, it's a two and a half point spread, very close game. Uh when the final whistle blows, Essen, what do you think the final score is going to be let's see i haven't thought about this yet but um i'll go i think it's be a close one i got florida state winning say 34 31 all righty i hope that there's 65 points scored because i love entertaining games and even though i'm a florida gator grad i am married to a seminole grad so last year my wife was going absolutely nuts when they won that game so all right, we have your official pick. Essen is going with FSU by three. So, uh, you know, if you're looking at the lines out there, might be one reason why you want to, uh, you know, go with FSU at the uh, minus two and a half points. So let's talk about uh, Mike Norvell now. He led FSU to its first 10-win season in six years last year. So when you look at their schedule in 2023, you had mentioned earlier that it's a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, aside from LSU and Clemson, I'm not seeing a lot of you know, great teams out there. They're going to have some tough competition, of course, Miami and, you know, some other teams. But, you know, how many wins do you project when you look at their schedule this year? I have right now, um, going to their schedule, I did an exercise. I have, I could see it. Um, I would not be surprised if they won anywhere between 8 and 11 games. I'm going officially with 11. Um, but the lone loss coming at Clemson. But, um I right as of right now, yeah, I think um, Clemson's probably still a favorite in the regular season because like, you haven't won there in ten years. You, it, it's Death Valley. It's likely to be a night game. It's likely to have um, you know ESPN game there there. So that's gonna be a lot of pressure on Florida State to win that game. So I think I would go with the um, the eleven wins. But like you mentioned, Miami Pitt on the road would be interesting. Wake Forest on the road. That Duke game could be interesting because that's the end of a three game homestand and right before a two game road trip. So there is some there. It's not a tough schedule, but there's some ways they could get tripped up, in my opinion, in the schedule. All righty. So circle that on your calendar, September 23rd, when FSU heads to play Clemson. That one's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, the other thing I wanted to get into with USN is we've seen all sorts of shuffling of teams in the offseason. You know, everybody's changing conferences. Certain conferences are ballooning to ridiculous numbers of teams. FSU and Clemson are locked into the ACC until, what is it, like 2035. So to get out of it, it would take a ton of money. But now they're talking about maybe expanding and bringing in some of these teams like Stanford, some of these teams on the West Coast, maybe even Southern Methodist, SMU from the Dallas area. So, you know, talk about what's going on with the ACC what right now and what you think is going to be coming down the road because they have to do something to keep up with the Big Ten, the SEC, and even now the Big 12. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I, I, I'm not sure what adding SMU or, you know, SMU, I think, is an underrated program who, if you, they move to the ACC or a major conference, would have a major threat just because they have good donors and they have – it's Dallas, you know. If they're in a big major conference, I think they could be a major threat. But I don't see how that um, would help Florida State or Clemson, so I'm still skeptical. And then just the travel with Stanford and Cal involved would be interesting as well. So I, I'm skeptical about how this plays out. Um, I do believe Florida State's last season in the ACC's going to be 2024. I don't know how it's going to happen. 
don't know what's going to happen next, but I don't see how Florida State is going to stay in a conference where there's not enough going for them to, and that's same for Clemson. I think Miami is going to get out as well. There's just not enough money coming their way to keep up with the Florida, the Floridas even, or Alabama's or Georgia. So I think a major change could be coming. I'm not sure how it happens, but I just don't see a Florida State place 2025 in the ACC. Yeah, you mentioned SMU in the Dallas area. Of course, that's a big TV market to get a hold of, and they probably want some of those West Coast dollars. But beyond football, I mean, looking at like teams like men's and women's soccer, women's volleyball, you know, all of these different sports, baseball, softball, having to travel out West, it just seems kind of absurd. But, you know, again, the college football money, there's just so much of it that maybe they make it work. Who knows? But could you see a scenario with FSU and Florida both in the SEC? I could definitely see that. I um, think it'd be interesting just because Florida, Florida State would be fun to see in the same conference. Um, you got that you got the game either way, but then each team could add an additional rivalry game, which would be kind of interesting to see. A non-conference game, that would be interesting, but... That'd be fun to see the recruiting battles with both in the SEC, the, um, just the matchups in the SEC that determines a conference game. That rivalry would mean, be, mean much more, using an SEC term. Yeah, and then maybe Clemson would follow them. Then you wonder where Miami would go. Could you know they end up maybe in the Big Ten? Could they end up in the SEC where you have three Florida schools? I don't think you would see that happen, but it's just crazy all of the different possibilities. And, you know, this is all going to shake itself out in a year or two. So uh, it's going to be crazy to see how the college football landscape eventually ends up falling. And I think you'll maybe have like your four super conferences. But, uh, you know, again, if the ACC can get it right and they bring those other schools in and there's enough money to, you know, change the landscape, maybe they'll stay. So we'll watch that with great interest over the next year. And speaking of Florida State and Florida, you know, down there in Gainesville, you know, just about, uh, what, three hours southeast of where Tallahassee is. For years, they have had a restaurant in Gainesville uh, with the name of coaching legend Steve Spurrier. Now the Seminoles will be getting their first uh, Bobby Bowden-themed restaurant. And I was reading that story, and it made me smile. You know, again, as a Gator grad, I still think so highly of Bobby Bowden. He was actually on episode three of this podcast, and I believe it was his last full-length interview, and he was just so open and candid with me. So I, I will always have great appreciation for Coach Bowden. So talk to us about this restaurant that's coming. Do you know what it's going to be called, how big it's going to be, where it's going to be, and when it's going to be opening? So just kind of give us all the details that you might know right now. Yeah, um, the restaurant, I mean, I think it's interesting that they finally give me a restaurant, you know, for Bowden in town. That, that's kind of cool. That's going to happen. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, it's hopefully it's going to be, um, I know they the, they got, it's going to be sports themed. It's going to be in the college park area near Madison Social. And they got the um, permission from the family for this as well. So that's kind of cool. Should be interesting to see how it, um, it sounds it's going to have like a wide variety of food. And um, it should be interesting since, you know, to see how they do it in ter- for Bobby and like how it's going to be done. It should be interesting. Yeah, you know, with the Spurrier restaurant, that place is always packed. So I would have to imagine Bowden's will be, but they better get the food right. And I'm curious, you think maybe they'll have things on the menu like the Bowden burger? You know, maybe you have to ask for it, Warwick, well done. <laughs> I you love know, that. I, That's I, a great idea. <laughs> you know, so I, I wonder, uh, you know, ha- have they... 
have they released many details about this or, or is it still kind of under wraps? And, and again, do, do you know roughly when it might be opening? I think it's still under wraps. I'm not sure roughly when it's going to open, but could be interesting. Um, I think you got to serve Gator, right? Oh. <laughs> All right. Just, so I think it'd be interesting, you know, to be um, it, it's it's part of the fun of the rubber, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, you know, maybe they. Uh, it would be fun to see if they theme it with some of the rivals, but uh, you know, they probably can't make too many things out of the hurricanes because, as you might have seen, uh, Publix this week or two weeks ago announced that they're no longer going to be making a uh, hurricane cakes. So, uh, you know, maybe they want to avoid that there at the Bowden restaurant. All right. So before we wrap up, you know. What should we expect coverage-wise out of you and, of course, your tag team partner, Jack Williams, who's joining you on the beat this year? What are you guys going to be working on leading up to this game? And then what should we expect on the night of the game? Yeah, I mean, start off with I have a um, mate, uh, a feature I've been working on for just over a month now where I talk to um, former pl- a couple former FSU players, um, a few former FSU players, and then um, I also got, um, including Jeremiah Johnson for New York Jets, and um, I got Antonio Gibson from the Commanders talking about Mike Norvell's time at Memphis and how he's kind of rebuilt Florida State. So I'm, it's been something I've been working on for just over a month. Got some great interviews, got some great quotes, give you a little sneak pre- um, sneak preview. So he got called, Mike Norvell got, got called crazy in a good way. Um, we're also working on, we'll have opponent previews on LSU, have some different preview stuff. Me and Jack have been working on listicles to preview um, just ranking the class this week, different classes from starting from freshmen. We'll wrap it up at seniors tomorrow. Just a few different things going on with previewing the season and also just getting you coverage of what um, is said about the hurricane as, you know, how it impacts the practice plans, how it impacts travel and all of that. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, down there in Orlando, so two years in a row, they're going to be taking this game off of both campuses. You know, last year, was this game an advantage for LSU, or how well did the Florida State fans travel? Um, it was actually, I think, most, like, I want to say Florida State was in the majority last year in the game in New Orleans, so it was interesting that they, I think, I want to say 60-40, so it was interesting how, to see how Florida State fans traveled, so I expect this to be heavy garnet and gold in this game. I There'd be a bunch of LSU fans there, but I don't think... They'll be able to outnumber Florida State in their home state. Alrighty, well, we'll have to see because, uh, yeah, I mean, still Orlando—that that's a world away from Tallahassee. What is that? About a five-hour drive? I believe four or five hours. Yes. Yeah, that's a decent hike. So, is there anything else you want to uh, get in front of the audience about this weekend's game or FSU in general? Um, not right now. I appreciate your time. Yeah. So, where can people find you on X, the app formerly known as Twitter, or do you put your work anywhere else? Yes, um, on X you can find me by um, on my Twitter handle is at Essen E H S A N underscore Kasim K A S S I M, and um, I think we also do IG um, Instagram. You can find us on um, No Sports, and uh, the same with Facebook No Sports. Alrighty, and of course you work with and for one of the best in the business, Mr. Jim Henry, who's the sports editor up there in Tallahassee, and we love Jim. Essen, it's always a pleasure having you on. I look forward to following your work all season. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon because FSU is sure to be in the playoff chase. And, of course, when that uh, Clemson game comes, I'm sure you and I are going to be sitting down for a half hour to talk about that one, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. And that will do it for another episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters. And to quote the immortal FSU coaching legend Bobby Bowden, 
If somebody mistreats you, treat them good. That kills them. It sure does, Bobby. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time. Thank you.